welcome to today's episode. I'm really excited today to talk to Becco, uh, one of the hosts of the Value Investors TV podcast. And my name is Alex Mason. I'm with the Stock Stories podcast. And today we're just going to have a little conversation about value investing and kind of where we came from as investors, how we got into this and just some lessons learned along the way that hopefully can help you. So yeah, Becco, thanks for uh, joining me tonight and, you know, being a part of this conversation. No, Alex, thank you for, uh, thank you for first of all, reaching out. Uh, it was really kind of you to reach out and it's awesome to have this conversation with you today. I hope uh, both my audience and your audience gets to know each other's podcasts and and see what we've created for the for the investment community. So really excited to have this conversation today. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm excited because I was looking for more investing shows, you know, like I think, I don't know about you, we'll get to it in a moment, but the whole reason I started Stock Stories was I was just craving more investing podcasts out there that were a little bit different and I couldn't find any. So I started mine and I was still wanted more. So. <laughs> I started looking for more shows and I came across yours and what you guys are doing is really great. And, you know, I think we think about businesses in a lot of the similar ways. So I think it's really cool. No, I agree. I agree with you. I think, um, you know, one of, you know, we'll get into this more, but I think it's rare to find a podcast that actually goes into really details into the companies, like going into kind of the stories around the companies like you do going into kind of the details about the valuations uh, competitive advantages, really analyzing it from a really fundamental standpoint, I think it is rare. And so it's good that we've connected and um, yeah, excited to excited to see what we what we can do together in the future as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's kick it off by learning a little bit more about you and and how you got started. So I guess the first question I have for you is First of all, tell tell us about what your podcast is all about. Yeah, and um, before I get to that question, um, it, it would be it would be um, it would be it would be uh, you know um, unsatisfactory answer without mentioning that I'm only a half um, of the the podcast. So obviously, I have a co-host Hari who. Um, who has been with me from the, the start. I mean, he's the one of the co-founders of, of the Value Investor TV. Um, but um, long story short, uh, Hari and I actually worked together. Uh, he was actually my boss. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we love we love talking about stock market and we both had mutual interest and in really playing in the stock market in a, in a rational, fundamental way, which, um, you know, which um, led us down the, the path of looking at the fundamentals and really analyzing companies instead of just following, um, you know, technical trading or anything of that sort. And so we decided that, you know, why don't we put together a podcast so that our conversations could be had um, online and people can chime in and create this community community of investors. And, you know, frankly, we started started off as kind of a kind of a hobby, like a, like a you know, like a side project that might last maybe a couple of months and then Turns out here we are three years into it, still continuing continuing to produce content. So that's how we got started. Nice. Yeah. So like I wanna know how did that conversation go when were you just at work one day and he mentioned stocks and <laughs> you your ears perked up and you just started chatting away at it? Like how did that actually happen? 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, I think, I think it's just accumulation of all these conversations that we've had, you know, like nowadays, obviously with COVID people don't get to interact with each other in offices, but you know, pre COVID there did exist a world where, uh, you would run into your, 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 your colleagues and you would have, you know, conversations over, over lunch. Um, and you know, we would have these conversations over lunch and after work and, um, yeah, we were just both very interested, and and frankly, a lot of I learned a lot from my my co-host Hari about value investing, and uh, you know you know um, and so we just decided you know why don't we just put a microphone in front of us and then just publish what we have to talk about, and uh, yeah, that's how it got started. And initially, um, for 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 you know a lot of our listeners, they know that when we started, we started with just teaching or sharing our understanding of investing. So basically value investing or investing 101, you know, learning about uh, how to do accounting, some of the basic stuffs, and then, and then we sort of graduated to applying those concepts to actual companies. And that's what we do now. You know, we take a company and analyze it in part one and part two. Part one really going into uh, uh, more of a qualitative assessment and then part two going into quantitative assessment. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's how the company got, uh, that's why, uh, that's how the podcast got started and yeah nice yeah you, you guys cover a lot like a lot of concepts like you said in some earlier episodes and then you even have some like interviews especially as of late with a bunch of different investors and i've learned some interesting things uh from from those interviews one in particular that i want to talk about a little bit later but yeah so that's really cool when you guys do your episodes and you're looking at different companies do you guys have any sort of particular process that you use um anything in particular yeah so um so we use we use our we have a we have a checklist so um you know i think people sort of misunderstand what checklist is really for checklist really isn't to go down a checklist and you know you you basically check off certain things and therefore it's very formulaic sort of in, in its approach that is not what we what we do um what we do is we have a checklist so that we don't forget things. It's just a mental schema. It is a mere a guidance uh, on how to analyze a company. And so sometimes you might you might have to drop some things. Sometimes you might focus on one thing over others. You have to you know be a little bit more adaptive. But our, our idea is to get a comprehensive list of questions that you want to ask yourself when you're ass- assessing a company, so that you don't you know forget forget something along the process. And so we have a checklist. Um, you can get a copy of the checklist at info at valueinvestor.org if you, if you, ha- if you, don't, if you don't have one already. Um, but effect- effectively, we, we basically um, look at, um, first of all, the company as a business. So, um, you know, we, we try to understand the competitive advantage, uh, more of, a, again, more of a qualitative assessment of the company. And then we go into the management uh, we go into the financial wealth or health of the company, looking at the balance sheet in particular, uh, and then lastly we go into valuation component. And so, roughly those are four different buckets, um, and then we've got you know a bunch of questions uh, underneath those buckets that we ask uh, when we when we analyze a company. Awesome, yeah, and I know from listening to your guys' episodes that you guys really take the time to go into detail and like you said like that's actually pretty rare i think in this space still in the podcasting world and as an investor myself i really appreciate that the detail you guys go into yeah 
So thank you for that. No. And why don't I, yeah. why don't I take the turn to ask you some questions, Alex? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So tell us, I guess, uh, tell us about your podcast. Yeah. So I host the Stock Stories podcast, and my whole mission is to empower individual investors by decoding the business behind the stock, which, as we know, is really similar to your guys' mission. And just really trying to understand what is this, what do the businesses actually do? Where is the money coming from? I was always intrigued, you know, reading prospectuses of different funds and my company's 401k, like, okay, what, what's actually in here? What, what's actually going to let me retire one day and provide for my family? And so the podcast was really born out of that curiosity and, and just wanting to know more about the sources of the returns and uh, one of my goals in the show is to study all of the companies in S&P 500 and we're about 100 companies in so far. So we've been making great progress and I've just learned so much about the American economy. It's crazy. But then aside from just the case studies that I do, I also love to study mental models. And as we know from, you know, someone we both look up to, Charlie Munger, you know, mental models are so key for just rational decision making. And I felt like there wasn't a lot of talk about that in the podcast world. And so I have episodes talking about mental models, too. And just to kind of inform our decision making process as investors, like how do we actually think about things it's kind of similar to your guys' checklist, but maybe in more of a broad sense. And just trying to think about how to frame things from a different perspective when we're thinking about making investments. So that's the basics of what the show is about. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, in terms of, you know, one of the things that, that you, that you mentioned there is like the number of case studies that you've gone through. Um, it's, it's pretty wild to think about uh, when I'm, you know, when I run into a company that I've never heard of before and I crack 10 K open and then it turns out, you know, there are, their multi-billion dollar business, you know, thriving business somewhere out, you know, in America. And you realize, you realize how big the economy is. Like on the surface, obviously, there are, there are companies that are really in the limelight. Nowadays, obviously, with tech companies sort of in the limelight, you got Google, Facebook, whatever. But then outside of that limelight, you have a, you have a thriving economy in different diverse industries. And I, I really feel that this is really the, the engine of America. This is how kind of you know this is this sort of the power of, of america and going through that really gets gets you to understand what power is this company or this country and and and, and kind of the spirit of of uh, of it uh, of capitalism so i i think that's that's super awesome that you guys are going through that and in terms of the mental model absolutely like uh, that's something that i've always wanted to do and wanted to learn more about mental models it sort of like compresses down things down into um understandable kind of chunks and uh yeah as an investor as charlie munger always talks about mental models are super important another thing that another thing that you mentioned um um is you really go into the stories you know the stories behind uh, these companies and their their history so talk us talk us um you know talk talk about uh, talk a little bit more about that oh my goodness yeah i think when I started the podcast, I very much came at it. So I'm an engineer, aerospace engineer by trade, and like I think very analytically and 
I think kind of like you, I'm very into like numbers and that kind of thing. So when I first started, it was just me wanting to share the facts and the things that I learned. But what I realized was there's often these really rich narratives that run through not just the histories of these companies, but the current events and the potential future events of these businesses as well. And I think that those stories need to be told, not just because they're entertaining, but because they actually help us invest better. Like learning about the fact that, for example, um, what's what's a good example? Um, Coca-Cola comes to mind, you know, a, a single share of Coca-Cola bought, I think in, at the IPO would have become well over $10 million. And in fact, there are, is a whole town in Florida called Quincy, Florida, that is made up of Coca-Cola millionaires because there is this cultural narrative around the shares of stock being so valuable that when the Great Depression hit, people held onto their shares while they were getting rid of all these other things because guess what? They were making so much in dividends from their Coke shares and that actually helped that town prosper. So like learning little, little nuggets like that, little stories can help, I think, lead as clues to what are the excellent businesses out there and how can we capitalize upon that as investors? You know, there's just so many examples out there and, and also just learning more about like why the dominant businesses of today are actually dominant, I think is so key. Like you guys talk about competitive advantage all the time. Like why did McDonald's thrive to become the number one restaurant in the world? Well, like they practically invented the drive through they were obsessed with efficiency. Ray Kroc tilted the seats in the restaurant up at an angle to make them uncomfortable for guests so he could have a higher turnaround time or a quicker turnaround time for his customers. Like he was thinking about all this stuff and kind of combining the entrepreneurial story, usually of the founder is what I've seen with the actual business model that helped that company thrive, I think can really inform how we look at investments today and take greater stock in, okay, were the things that were true before still true as far as informing an investment decision or have things changed for the better or for the worse? And so I think there's just so much to be gained as an investor just to learn about the narrative component. I 100% agree with you. I think that it, it really gives me chill thinking about that story about the Florida town. It's just like the nuggets like that or like the angle of the chair, like the small little details that you basically miss if you don't really dive into the story behind the companies, the fact that you're, you're sort of unearthing that. And, and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a hero's tale almost. It's like the, you know, these entrepreneurs who started this company and had to think about all these different things and puzzle together business model with like all the supply chain and everything else uh, that that's involved in, you know, erecting a company, um, unearthing those conversations that they might have had when they had to make that decision. I think that's super, super awesome that you're doing that. Yeah. As, as an, as an entrepreneur myself, um, I can, you know, appreciate that even more. The fact that you're sort of unearthing some of that story that goes behind, you know, uh, great companies, uh, like you mentioned there. Oh yeah. Like you, you know exactly what I'm talking about and, and it's just a wonderful thing to think about. And I also think it's, it's necessary, too, because I think a lot about new investors, as I'm sure, you know, new investors come across your show just like they come, they come across mine. And a lot of times 
I feel like our job as podcasters and as investors who are podcasters is to make it real for them, you know, make, make investing real for the person who's listening. And uh, to me, that comes down to linking it to the story. Like, what does the business do for them? Like, 298 out of 300 American households have a Procter & Gamble product in them. Like, everybody can relate to that at some level because we're all customers. And so, yeah, like when I say Procter & Gamble and like talk about balance sheets, now it actually means a little bit more something because, you know, I got the old spice deodorant in my bathroom right now. And like, I'm looking at it in the morning like, oh yeah, like I guess I do <laughs> use this every day, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it, it, there's so much there. Exactly. I had, um, I had a, um, a former hedge fund manager slash, uh, sort of now retired, but now, um, turned writer, uh, on my podcast. And he described investing as a, as a, as a narrative. It's like, you're an author, um, and not really an author, but you're almost like a spectator of, 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 an, of an author and, company all that it is is it's just an agent that's that's writing its own story so you have to really understand uh where it, it's coming from its motivation and where it's going and it, the whole thing is, is a drama right you have like competitors trying to take you know take you know basically trying to um you know cut your knees and you got you know you got uh employees that you need to satisfy the customers you need to satisfy and you got you know real people behind these companies and the way he framed it as as that, like company is really just an agent uh, that's writing its own story. You know, there's a protagonist and the and, and sort of that like that narrative around around the company I thought was really powerful. It sort of goes to goes to show the importance of understanding the narrative behind this uh, behind these companies because it really, like you said, allows you to kind of be in the shoes of of the operator, but also as a consumer, and you get to kind of tie it all together. Uh, which makes which make things make things makes things a lot more contextualized, um, you know. So, uh, yeah, that that's great. I'd like to move on to another question, Alex. If you don't mind? Yeah, sure. So you talked about um, you talked about your full time job. I think it would be a good opportunity to let listeners know uh, your listeners and my listeners know, um, you know, what you do during your full time. You know, what 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 do you do outside of podcasting? Uh, so yeah. Give us a little bit more, uh, shine some light on your day in the life of Alex outside of podcasting. <laughs> well, um, so I've always loved math and science and just learning about the world ever since I was really young. And I wanted to be an inventor. That's what I wanted to be when I grew up. And that ended up leading to a career in engineering. So what I do now is I'm an aerospace engineer. And I've been doing that for several years. And it's, it's just really, really fun um, to like help create things that are cool and to help, you know, help make planes fly basically. And even not just planes, like that's another thing I learned when I got into the industry is like, there's so much more than just planes. That's what everyone thinks about. But there's, you know, there's space products, there's, there's lasers, there's moving things. Like there's all this whole industry um, surrounding it. But yeah, so I, I'm an aerospace engineer by day and podcaster by night <laughs> and uh <laughs> and so yeah so it's really fun for me but 
but yeah, uh, Becca, why don't you tell us about yourself and and what you do outside of, out of the podcast? Sure, yeah. Um, so I am a co-founder of a company called Virgils, which is a very little baby little startup. Uh, we just started uh, early this year, myself and my co-founder. Um, and it's about, it's about taking VR into, into the healthcare market. And so we allow facilitators, therapists, um, you know, meditation practitioners, breath work practitioners to facilitate group therapy uh, inside VR. Um, so that's that's what I do. Uh, again, it's a little baby startup. We just started early this year, um, um, and um, yeah, really excited to sort of make this happen. Uh, I think um, I think a lot of people are suffering from mental uh, illness, mental health issues, and even if it's not categorized as mental health, uh, just mental wellness, generally speaking, I think um, is an issue nowadays, and even more so progressively. And you know, underneath that. Uh, underneath that symptom is really the aspect of connection. I think people feel disconnected from the community. And uh, our thesis is that, you know, you can, you, you can really return to VR. You can really return to reality uh, through virtual reality. So through virtual reality, you can connect with people again um, in, in ways that you couldn't have done in, in reality. And so that's our thesis. And uh, yeah, so we're excited to kind of make that happen for people. That's so cool. So how did you, you got to tell, tell me like how you came up with the idea. Oh man. Cause that's, that's like, it seems super advanced and super niche and like forward thinking, like what informed that choice to create the company? Oh man. Um, that would be kind of a long, long, kind of longer discussion, but to keep, <laughs> keep long, um, to keep it short. Um, so I've been in the healthcare tech business for a while. Uh, first working with Hari uh, developing clinical decision support dashboard for emergency physicians and ICU physicians, and then moved on to creating AI uh, imaging platform for radiologists and other uh, physicians who are taking care of patients to make them more you know efficient um, and to increase the accuracy of the diagnosis, things like that. And so I've been in the industry for a while, and myself and my co-founder have always wanted to um, do something um, new and innovative, and, and that really provides a lot of value for people. Um, and so we sort of uh, joined forces um, last year um, and, and really started to dig into some of the problems of, of healthcare in this country. And, and there are many, right? I mean, healthcare system is completely broken in this country. And um, we thought a really good market to tackle. Uh, given the timing and, and, and everything um, that COVID has, has taught us in terms of you know, going digital and mental health issues really being top of mind for a lot of people, uh, we wanted to tackle this space. Um, yeah, and uh, we thought that VR was really a special medium to, uh, to make that happen. And um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's kind of the thesis there. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about it because... I'm just thinking, even just from the investor perspective, like, you know, you hear so many things about artificial intelligence and, you know, for you as someone who's actually doing it, you're helping create technologies around that and combining that with, you know, healthcare is obviously so important in society and, and all the different, different things that are needed there, like you're alluding to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Alex. It's a baby startup. Obviously, there's a lot of risk, and 
I know I just said a whole bunch of buzzwords, AI, VR, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw in big data and blockchain in there. I think it sort of completes it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, hype around it. Um, so, you know, right now the focus is to really keep our head down and build a product that's actually going to deliver value for people. So anyway, enough of uh, enough of my <laughs> full-time job. If you guys are interested, definitely reach out. I'd, I'd be happy to talk about uh, talk more about that. So let's move on to another question, Alex. Um, All right. So um, I think this would be really interesting uh, for folks. Uh, you've been, you know, you've been, you've been a podcast for a while now. So any insights um, or lessons learned from running your podcast that you would like to share with your audience? Ooh, insights from running the podcast. You know, hmm, I, I would say one of them is. Geez, there's just so much to learn. <laughs> yeah. There's just so much to learn. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if I fully comprehended, um, I guess, the mission I was embarking on when I started it. But I think that's true of a lot of people. Maybe true of you as well. Yeah. Like like you said, you and Hari started started your podcast as kind of a side hustle, and it grew into this passion. Um, I would say one thing that that I've learned from just like the podcasting angle of it is that hmm i would say that communicating ideas is such a useful and powerful skill mm. and one that um, i struggle with every day but i think it's so so worth it because like I've learned so much about investing and about sharing investing concepts. And I also get to help people. And in turn, those people that I help can help other people by then sharing those same ideas in their own words. Mm -hmm. So I think like combining that perspective with just the skill of learning how to share ideas and how to like distill, say like all this information in a 10K report and come up with like, all right, these are the five most important things out of that report <laughs> and, and learning how to sift through information and be discerning with it, I think is, has been just like amazing. Mm. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity to, to like develop that. So that's what I would say on the podcasting side for sure. Mm. Yeah. What's been most helpful or transformative for you like as a podcaster? Oh man, um, like you said, there was a lot to learn, <laughs> and you know, I I make mistakes uh, a lot on my podcast. I stumble, and I'm cognizant of what I say, even more so when I'm on, you know, when I'm actually recording. And so, I mean, just generally, there's a lot to learn, and you know, I, I'll say a couple of things. I think podcast allows me to. Um, you know, more, you know, on a selfish reason allows me to um, stay disciplined on, on and actually like doing the work and um, making sure that, like you said, that my words come out clearly, uh, I'm articulating things correctly. I think these things are very useful skills generally, but then you're forced to exercise those skills when you're in front of a camera, in front of a microphone. So I think on a selfish reason, I think that that has been really, really good uh, for me. And then I, mean, I think secondarily, um, a lot of the stuff that I put in, I mean, I put in a lot of hours in doing research and you know, finding 
partners to um, do interviews with, like yourself. Um, but you know, all, all the all the effort um, that goes into it. Um, when I receive you know one or two emails from our listeners saying that you know this really your podcast really changed how I look at investing and you know they're they're basically pouring their their hearts out and, and writing that you know they they can now um, you know they can now um, they now have the agency to make decisions for themselves and and this like the subtle you know these these feedback uh they're not subtle feedbacks but they're like really heartfelt feedback um it's just really it's really touching and that's really what gets me going um and uh you know i i i don't know i just i just love to share uh the knowledge because anyone can do this like anyone can pick up a book and start learning and you got a lot of resources like your podcast my podcast and i think um you know, I just feel a great sense of gratitude and almost a sense of obligation and mission to let people know about this idea of investing and the fact that you can do it on your own uh, with some help, of course. But yeah, I get a lot of a lot of pleasure out of that. And yeah, anyway, <laughs> I, ram- I rambled oh, yeah. there for a second. Sorry. No, I mean, yeah. that's that's perfect. I mean, you and me both like that's it's so amazing. I mean, Honestly, I come back to the concept of compounding just as a general thinking concept at least twice a year and just really just sit and think about it. And I'm just in awe every time I think about it. And I always just want to share it again (laughs) with like people I'm talking to on the podcast or not, because, yeah, investing, it really is that transformative. Like it really changes people's lives and it can change anyone who's listening's life just as it's changing ours, you know? Um, like, tell us a little bit about, I'm just curious, like, what was your first investment and, like, how did that come about? My first investment, oh, let's see. Hmm. My first investment uh, in the stock market was, uh, man, I have to think. Hmm. I think it was Macy's. I think it was Macy's, but okay. I'm not 100 percent sure about that. Um, yeah, I think it was Macy's because I think it was. I don't. I don't remember when it was, but um, there was a buying opportunity that I thought was really nice because there was like too much of a scare around the fact that it's going to go bankrupt and like the underlying assets. It was. It was kind of like a cigar butt play. And that even if, you know, even if the whole company were to fall apart, you still have the real estate that was part of the balance sheet that that people didn't really value as much because it was completely discounted. And so that was kind of that sort of play. That's what comes to mind. I I don't think it's actually my first investment. But anyway, I'll I'll just I'll just give you that as an answer. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say, man, this guy was on his Benjamin Graham on day one. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, on on your Seth Klarman going for cigar butts. <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty advanced. Yeah. Like, yeah. How about yourself, Alex? Oh man, I mean, I I took the easy way out. <laughs> but I went for the most predictable company ever because I figured I couldn't screw it up, and if I did screw it up, then the world had bigger problems. So I put put some money into Coca Cola oh, yeah. for the first time several years ago, nice. and of course that's that's many people's first investment. Nice. Um, but that was just kind of a one-time thing. I, I didn't invest actually for a couple of years after that. 
but then I was so thirsty to invest, but we, my wife and I were kind of like on this big debt payoff journey, like really trying to learn personal finance and budgeting. And like, there just wasn't the same excess cash flow for investing that like I really wanted. So every paycheck I would take $10 and there used to be this platform called loyal three. It doesn't exist anymore, but you could take $10 and buy like Berkshire Hathaway stock. Mm with it. So every paycheck, I would put $10 into Berkshire Hathaway. So that's what I say is really my first investment. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's always fun to kind of uh, think back to all the mistakes that you've made and you start cringing. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think let's, let's round out this, uh, this episode um, with the last question. Um, I think this is a good one. Who do you look up to most? And this can be in investing or generally, um, yeah, personally, professionally. Oh man, that's that's kind of a hard one, but I do have someone who if I could if I could meet them in person, that would just be incredible and that would be Charlie Munger. Mm. And I think for a few reasons. Number one, he's an incredible investor and obviously has a high level of skill that I really respect. Uh, another reason is that he just really seems like a renaissance man and he's so good at so many different things he's really sharp he's able to connect ideas he really believes in mental models as a way of life and that just really resonated with me when i learned about that and so yeah i would i would love to meet charlie munger and i you know he he has a great great uh, biography it's called damn right for anyone who hasn't read it, check that book out. But yeah, I really look up to Charlie Munger. I think he's a really complete thinker. He also has an investing style that I really vibe with, which is going for really excellent businesses and making more concentrated bets and just really understanding the quality of the businesses you're investing in. So for those reasons, I just really vibe with a lot of things that he said and done in his lifetime. So I definitely say Charlie Munger. Awesome. Yeah. Charlie yeah. Munger is fantastic. Definitely, definitely something, I, someone that I definitely look up to, especially the fact that you mentioned the polymath aspect of Charlie, the fact that he knows all these things. I mean, bas- the guy basically just sits there and reads all day long and he just knows so much about so many things. So it's, it's really awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. So who do you look up to? So I'm going to say, it is very cliche, uh, I know, because I'm in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, but uh, I'm going to say Steve Jobs, um, because Steve Jobs, right now, at least right now, I mean, obviously, things change, Um, you know, I've, I've looked up to other people, but right now, really Steve Jobs, because he is a great operator. I mean, this guy is a great entrepreneur, right? He started Apple. And then got kicked out, and then now yeah, he 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 finds Next and Pixar. I mean, these companies. I mean, the guy basically founded Pixar and Apple. I mean, these are basically household names across the world, and they still exist, and they're thriving companies. And so, and you know, for me as a as a as a budding entrepreneur, you know, just starting out, um, a lot of the things that he preach 
uh, you know, really focusing on the customers, really deriving a lot of the product design principles from the customer, asking about what they want, but also at the same time infusing some of your knowledge and some of your belief systems into the product design, um, really being stringent on quality, really obsessing over details, and really making sure that the product is, is really complete. Um, yeah, for all those reasons, I think I think um, Steve Jobs is an amazing guy. He's also a great articulator, orator. I mean, the guy can speak. I mean, that guy uh, is a charismatic guy. And frankly, you know, the best type, you know, best best kind of investors are kind of investors that really concentrate their wealth into a single single thing, you know, one or two things. And you know, Steve Jobs basically concentrated all of his energy on creating his company Apple which is now you know one of the one of the best one of the biggest companies out there in the world and so it just I think it just goes to show like you sort of have to be like to your point about finding really great companies and you know you know placing your bets in, in, in a small few uh, jives well with me as well and also as an entrepreneur the fact that he has done that himself I think uh, jives with me even more so yeah, I'd say Steve Jobs Oh yeah, yeah. Steve Jobs is great. You know, it's it's wonderful that you mentioned him too because I I happened across a YouTube video um, a couple of days ago. I've been doing like research into like how to tell stories better for the show, and I came across a actually someone was interviewing him about Pixar and like their process. And to your point, he's just so articulate. He just goes in and yeah. and just tells it like it is in just a really eloquent way, and. I think very few people have that wonderful combination of an awesome ability to communicate, but also just this super relentless drive to create and really great talent as a technologist and as someone who builds things. Like he really, he really was like both the visionator, visionator, <laughs> visionary, and the operator. Yeah. He was really kind of both. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so definitely, um, yeah, I, I agree with all the all the points. Obviously, he had some shadows as well. We all know, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, everybody has some flaws. But for what it's worth, I mean, he created a you know a trillion dollar company, and it's still growing like like crazy. So, and and I'm here. I am recording this podcast on you know, MacBook Pro. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, this was great, Alex. Thanks for the, thanks for the yeah. chat. Yeah. Yeah, awesome conversation. I always love learning where other investors come from and like how they think. Just, you know, you just see so many parallels. Yeah. So we have a couple more episodes in the pipeline for our listeners. Um, so in the in the next episode and the episode after that, we're actually going to pick a company and do a deep dive into that company. And like we talked about, we have we have, we're very much overlapping in terms of our approach investing, but we kind of have a slightly different take on it. So Alex really going into the details and the history of, of things. My, my podcast, myself and Hari really going into kind of the numbers and and there's obviously good overlap, but also a little bit of distinct color. And so excited to showcase what this melding of the mind would look like in the next two episodes. Um, so stay tuned, everybody. Yeah, stay tuned. We're going to really get into it. So, awesome. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Alex. Well, uh, 
And thank, thank everybody. Thank everybody for listening. I'll see you guys in the next episode.